0: All right, say, good morning. Let us begin. we am going to begin by thanking our sponsors for today's share, to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Cheshvan, to thank Mary and Rachel Gold for dedicating all the Shurim and this month in memory of Yonat Zvi ben Yosef Chaim Lazar HaKoin. To thank Noam and Leah Efron for dedicating all the shiurim and Drushos this month in honor of the celebration of the 98th birthday of Noam's grandfather, Yosef Herschel ben Mordechai Halevi. To thank our Day of Learning sponsor, Maisie and Chavi Abramson, in the schuss of a successful procedure and complete recovery. For Shmuli Abramson, Shmuel Ben Shoshana, who is donating a kidney this morning, Mirza Hashem B'sha Tova at 7.30, and our Daf Yomi sponsors... Milt and Eleanor Martyr, in memory of Rebetzin Shoshana Steinberg, beloved mother of Eleanor Martyr, Zichrona Levracha. We hope that in the merits of our Talmud Torah, all the and Aliyah, the family of and those who require a refua should have one together with Kol Chol L'Yisrael. And with that, let us begin. So today's daf is Daf Gimel. We are picking up Emirat HaShem on Beis Ahmed Beis. And we left off, we left off. Um, four lines are from the bottom. Pumimai. So just to remember, we are focusing now on the first part of the Mishnah. The first part of the Mishnah which highlights the idea that Nissan is the Rosh Hashanah L'Melochim. Right, it is the Rosh Hashanah of the way we go ahead and we count the years of the reign of a king. We'll discuss in today's death by the way, what kind of king, which kings. We'll get into Meretz Hashem, all of that. And event, Venturbo says, so the way that the Gemara was proving that this is true was from the Pasuk by Shlomo HaMelech. So just, you know, we spend a lot of time speaking about the concept, but where the idea actually comes from, the Gemara posits comes from a Pasuk in Maluch in Aleph, where the Navi equates the reign of Shlomo to Yitzias Mitzrayim. And just like Yitzhias Mitzrayim is counted from Nisan, so to again the reign of Maloch and the reign of kings is counted from Nisan, or, or I should say is counted from Nisan as well. So I'm going to say, the Gemara then went on to say, well, how do you know that we count in general from Yitzias Mitzrayim? So if you remember again, the Gemara then had this discussion, quoting two psukim, one by the death of Aaron, one by Moshe Rabbeinu giving a speech to Klad Yisrael. And the Torah identified death of Aaron was in what month? Av and the Torah identifying the, the, the speech of Moshe being given in the month of Shvat. And the Torah identified both of those events as occurring during the fortieth year. During the fortieth year. So therefore again the only way for that both of them to be occurring in the fortieth year is what? is if we reckon the years from Nisan, because it's from Tishrei, then Aru, if Aaron's year 40, then Moshe Abedinu and Shvat would have to be 41. To which the Gemara says, Umimai, demay said da'av kadim, demay said shvat kadim. Says the Gemara, <sighs> a beautiful Gemara. How do you know, how do you know that the episode, the death of Aaron occurred before Moshe Rabbeinu's speech. Remember, I both say we have a concept of a muktam Umu Uchar batorah. The Torah doesn't follow a chronological sequence. So, for all you know, okay, I understand Moshe Rabbeinu is giving a speech in Shvat, but maybe it's the Shvat before Aaron's death. In other words, you're assuming that the sequence is Aaron dies in Av, and then the following Shvat Moshe Rabbeinu gives his speech. Well, maybe not. Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu gives his speech in Shvat, and Aaron dies that Av. To which the Gemara says, Lo Here's how I know it's not that Because the Pasik says that when Moshe Benu gave his speech, the Pasek says that Moshe Benu gave his speech in Shabbat after he had gone ahead and conquered Sihon. And when Aaron had passed away, Sihon was still alive. So I'll say, at the time of the death of Aaron, Sihon, who was one of the Canaanite kings, Sihon was still alive. So the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu's speech is given after the death of Sihon tells us that the Shvat of Moshe Rabbeinu's speech came after the Av, came after the Av of Aaron's death. So the Chsiv, and say, how do we know? That, I'm sorry? How, how do we know that Halacha Lameisah? How do we know that Halakha Lameisa, Sichol, was still alive at the time of Aaron's death? Because the Pasuk says, tap of Gimel, Vayishma Aknani Melech Arad, So the K'nani, the king of Arad, heard, Ma'ash Shama, what did he hear? What did he hear? Shama Shames Aaron, finishtalku Anani covered. say, ultimately, when Aaron died, the Anani covered. the clouds of glory, dissipated. As a result, Sihon saw that as an opportunity. We're going, to, we're going to see that the Melech Arad, the Knani Melech Arad is actually a reference to Sihon. They saw that there was an opportunity to attack Cloud Yisrael. Ukasavar, he thought, nitna Rishus lehilachem bi Yisrael. So you say, interestingly enough, the Gemara teaches us that the Ananiya covered the Clouds of Glory, did not just, you know, we think about clouds as hovering over, right? That the clouds were a protective barrier, let's say, against the punishing effects of the desert sun. The clouds were also a security barrier. What the clouds did is they obscured Klal Yisrael from sight from the neighboring nations. Aaron dies, the Ananiha covered go away. Klal Yisrael become exposed. They're exposed. So we're going to see Sichon sees this and he says, ah, it's an opportunity. They're vulnerable. So Moses of the the says, the nation saw that Aaron passed away. Don't read it. They saw. They were seen. They were seen. What does it mean they were seen? Because when Aaron died, ultimately the Anani HaKavit dissipate and the Klal is seen. So we'll say, so, and again, this goes quite to Rish Lakish, because what does the Lakish say? So we'll say, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, the word Ki has four different definitions. What does it mean? E, E, means E means, means if, Doma means perhaps, Ela, but, Daha, because. So we'll say, so interestingly enough, the way the pasik is read is, Vayiru Kala'idah, Ultimately, the entire nation was seen. Why? Ki gava because Aaron passed away. Because Aaron passed away. Because Aaron passed away, the cloud, the Anani Hakavah, dissipated, and therefore the nation was seen. So, I will say, so the Gemara says. But one second. So I will say, So the Gemara is using this as a proof to say that Moshe Rabbeinu's speech in Shivat must have come after. Must have come after. The death of Aaron in Av. Because when Aaron, because when Aaron was alive, Sichon was still around. And in Moshe, by the time Moshe is speaking, Sichon has already been conquered. But the Gemara, but here's the problem. The problem is, and the Gemara brings the proof, how do you know that Sihon was alive? Or, I'm sorry, that Sichon was not yet conquered when Aaron passed away. Because the passage says, The Kenani, the king of Arad, heard that Aaron had passed away. So the Gemara says, Kenani, king of Arad, that's not Sichon, that's not Sihon, that's someone else. So the Gemara says, Tana, who Sihon, who Arad, who Kinnan. It's all the same person. Sihon, Arad, Kinan same person. Sihon, Shedoma L'Sayach. So Sihon, because again, he's comparable to a horse. But so, Midbar Kinan, Midbar Kenan was the name of his kingdom. Umashmo, what was his real name? Arad, which is an interesting name, because Arad means wild donkey. Right, so again, that was his name, Arad Shmo. Others say Arad Shedomel Arad. Others say no, his name was Arad because he was comparable to a wild donkey. But Midbar Kanan is the name of his monarchy, name of his king. So, Umashmo, what was his actual name? Sichon Shmo. His name was Sichon. Okay, Abba say, whatever his name was. Whatever his name was. Point over here is that he was alive at the time of Aaron's death, and we know that by the time Moshe was giving his speech. Sihon has already been conquered. If that's the case, then the Av, Chodesh Av, of Aaron's death, preceded the Chodesh Shvat of Moshe Rabbeinu's speech, and yet the Torah says they're both occurring in which year? In which year? Year 40. Therefore, Halacha Lamai said, that must mean that the Rosh Hashanah, the years were counted in the Midbar from Nisan and not from Tishrei. Incredible. So, also, I see the Gemara is about to say, but as an aside, you know, it's interesting we know the Gemara tells us that, that in the Zachos of Aaron were the Anani HaKavid. You know, and this is part of the theme. In the Zachos of Miriam, they had the Be'er, the well. In the Zachos of Moshe, they had the Man. So, Rabbi Soda of Rajin, right? the, the Hele religion asks, he says, why is it that in the merit of Aaron there was the cloud? Well, what's what's the like? What would the cover? What does that have to do with Aaron? So he says something so incredibly beautiful. What was the dominant trait of Aaron? What was Aaron all about? Aaron was all about shalom, and how did Aaron make shalom? Aaron was always saying words of shalom, of peace, of encouragement, of love, and achdus. The says something so beautiful. He says, and he encouraged other people to do the same. He says it was the hevel pihem. It was the breath of Klael Yisrael saying the kind words to one another which created the Anani Hakabad. The breath of their words, of their kind words, of their words of Shalom created the Anani hakabad And the Rishon says sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that words, because they're intangible, don't really mean anything. Because they're intangible, don't really create any significant Realities. But said the you see, our, our ancestors had the Anonim, had the clouds for 40 years because of words of Shalom, because of words of Achva, because of words of Reus, because of words of Achdos. Words do create realities and kind words amongst Jews create Anonim HaKavad to Protect us from all types of dangers. Such an incredible originator. So says the Gemara, the Shashani So the Gemara says something very interesting. So we'll say, so now what the Gemara is going to say is as follows. Well, how do you know that we're counting the new year? In other words, we'll say, how do you know that you count the new year from Misa? From Maybe it's ER. To which the Gemara says, the Pasuk says it was the first, first month. In the second year of the first, right? In the first of the month, the Mishkan was erected. Uksiv hashenis And then the pasuk says it was in the second year. It was in the second year. In the second month, ultimately again, that the Anan rose up from the from the Mishkan. Midikay So, say since we're st- since the pasuk is talking about in Nisan, the hashenis and calls it the second year the kai the and it was still an er and then what it's also called the second year michlad l'av so will say so again a, a, a simple proof if two psukim one is speaking about nisan one is speaking about er and they're both reckoned as part of the same year that obviously means that what Rosh Hashanah is not year. Okay, good. Ve'im Rosh Sivan. So we're going to try to go exhaust a couple of different possibilities. But maybe Rosh Hashanah is Sivan. So the Pasik says in the third month after Claudius left Egypt. Isa So remember again, the third month after we left Egypt is when, right? Nisan, Ir Sivan. So right now, again, if you're correct, and Rosh Hashanah, then right, the new years. So right now, by the way, we're talking about just how they tracked time in the desert, right? Remember, although the major discussion we're having is how to track years for the king, what we established is, based on the Paschal Allah Aleph, that the navi equates counting the reign of a king With Yitzias Mitzrayim. And therefore again, just like, so however we track time in the desert, so to speak, is how the kings track their reign. So right now we're focusing on how did they track time in the desert. So the Gemara says, Torah speaks right over here, that in the third month after we left Egypt. So this time we came to Midbar Sinai, Kabbalah Satorah. We come to Sinai to receive the Torah in the third month after we left Egypt. Sivan. So it says the Gimaravim Isa, and if you're correct that, Rosh, that that the new year is Sivan, then it should have said what? hashlishi ha'shenis me the Torah should have said that. Torah should have said in the third month of the second year, or the third month in the beginning of the second year. In other words, if Rosh Chodesh Sivan is, is Sivan, it's going to be the new year, the Torah should have told us that now we are in year number two. I Veima av veima So what's the we could ask this pretty much on any single month, right? Maybe this is the month of the new year. Ella Mehacha. Rather, says, "I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you a definitive proof." Pasuk says, "According in Dibre Hayomim, Vayochel Livnos bachodesh Hasheni, B'Hasheni Bishnas Arba the Pasik says, Shalom Aleph finished building the base hamikdash. al livnos hasheni. Remember again, second month, which we know is ER. bishnas So we'll say the wording over here is a little bit strange. He finished building the base hamikdash in the second month, bisheni, which means what? In the second, we're not sure what second means yet. Bishnas in the fourth year of his reign. Sheni. What's the second Sheni? Right? The first Sheni is Bachodesha Sheni, right? That's the second month that's year. What do you mean by Sheni? Lav Sheni Le Yarak Shamonibolamachuso. Maybe it means they finished it in the say se- it's a little bit redundant, but it's teaching us an important point. In the second month, which is ER, which is also the second. The second of what? The second of the months by which we count the reign of the king. Which means what? When do we begin to count the reign of the king? Nisan. So it's in the month of Iyar, which happens to be the second month, and also the second month by which we count the reign of the king. So the Gemara says, so you see from here, you see from here, that they're counting the reign of the king from Chodesh Nisan. Maybe not. Maybe the second B'Sheni means what? It was the second day of the month. In other words, B'Chodesh Hasheni B'Sheni means second month Iyar Basheni means second day of Iyar, to which the Gemara says, "Imkain sheni Bachodesh behedjahaveksimbe." If that's the case, it should have said "Sheni bachodesh, the second of the month. Veima b'sheni b'shabbos. Maybe it was a Monday, right? Maybe the Navi is coming to tell us that Shlomo began to go out and build the base of Mikdash in the second month, the fourth year of his reign, Bashini on a Monday. To start things on a Monday, so sheni the First of all, it doesn't say Monday, right? That's number one, right? It's number one. V'od makish sheni basra the sheni kama. Furthermore, we can go ahead and essentially equate the two shenis in the pasuk. Ma sheni kama chodesh, af Just like the first sheni is referring to a month, so to not 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 to a day of the week. Right, not to a day of the month, but to the month itself. Af Shani basra chodesh. So, to the second Shani also refers to the month. Therefore, will say, what comes out over here is as follows. Another, another interesting proof by Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer says, how do you know that we go ahead? We'll say, how do you know that we go ahead and we count the reign of the king? from Chodesh Nisan, because the six says, Vayoha Livnos baChodesh Hasheni, Shlomo began to build the base HaMikdash in the second month, Iyar Basheni. in this second month. What does in this second month teach us? In the second month by which we go ahead and count the reign of the kings, which tells us, when does the year of the king begin? Chodesh Nisan. So I'll just point out something very interesting that it is fascinating to see. So now we have two psukim. We have Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Eliezer. Two different psukim, right? Rabbi Yochanan is quoting from Malachim Aleph. Rabbi Eliezer is quoting from Divrei Hayomim. The common denominator between the two psukim is who are they both referring to? Shlomo. Which is very interesting. Shlomo. And not David. Right, You would have thought that if you're going to go and bring a, a, an example from a monarch, it would have been David. He was the first monarch, right? Leaving aside Sheol, he was, I don't mean to say like that. Meaning David HaMelech, Sheol was of course the king also, but we always know Sheol was really because he was from Shevet Ephraim, not from Shevet Yehuda. That was a little bit of a stopgap monarchy. Why not from David? i so will say it's interesting because remember, David HaMelech's monarchy is really only solidified how? Through Shlomo. It was Shlomo that created the dynastic monarchy for David, right? In other words, David was the first, but it only becomes a dynasty if it then is passed down to your son. So it's interesting that we seem to learn like monarchial protocol or monarchical framework, not from David, but from the first member of the Davidic dynasty. Who was Shlomo? It's an interesting aside. Tanya Kavase, Rabbi Yochanan. says, So now, as I mentioned, we have two psukim. Rabbi Yochanan was on Beizam with base. He quoted the Pasik from Malachim Aleph, which equated the reign of Shlomo with Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And now we have Rabbi Eliezer over here, who Halacha Isa is quoting from Divrei HaYamim. Shabbos we'll says, Now, the quotes a Braissa that supports Rabbi Yochanan from yesterday's daf. How do we know that we only count the years of the reign of a king from Nisan? It was 480 years from when the Jewish people left Egypt. And then the Navi goes on to discuss the reign of Shlomo. Shlomo said, the Bryce over here is just quoting, restating everything we learned on Amadei's just in condensed form, uksiv Vayal Arna Koin al Hara Hara Piashem, Uxiv, Vahibar Bam Shanabashte Asa Chodesh, Uxiv, Acharia Kosona Sichon, Vomer Vishma Knani, Vomer Vayru kala Ido kigava aron Fayomer Vahiba Chodesh Arisha Mishana Ashenis, Vomer vahibashana Shana Ashenis, Vomer Ashenis, Vomer Vahodesh Ashenis, Vomer Vahodesh Ashenis, Vomer Ashenis, Vomer Vahodesh Ashenis, Okay, good. So I'll say that's all that, that that That's the entire Drasha. So therefore, I will say, it turns out, th- th- this is the end of this discussion. It turns out now that we have two, two... I will say, the reason I just went through it quickly is because that's everything we did in Rabbi Yochanan. We, d- we did all of that between yesterday and this morning. If you didn't recognize it, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Either, 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 either it came late or... Uh, I say, so now listen to this. So, so, so just understand what just happened over here. So now, this closes out this piece of this discussion. So what we have now effectively is, we have proven the concept or the statement of the Mishnah that the Rosh Hashanah for Malachim is Nisan. We have two primary proofs for that. Again, either Rabbi Yochanan, ultimately again, by Sefer Malachim, or Rabbi Eliezer, Diver Hayamim. Now, the difference between them, I just want to point out, is in Rabbi Yochanan, in Rabbi Yochanan, that is a multi-layered proof, right? Remember again, he's bringing in, he's bringing in connection between Mitzrayim and the reign of Shlomo, and then again, that led to that whole discussion about how do you know, in general, that we are counting time by and Mitzrayim. You get into the death of Aaron and Av. The speech of Moshe in Shvat. You get into Sichon. Rabbi Eli Azzer's drasha is much more straightforward. Right? Rabbi Eli Azzer's is just the basheni basheni Okay, good. So say now an important qualification. By the way. When we speak about counting the reign of a king from Nisan, which kings are we referring to? Jewish kings. Jewish kings, their reign is counted from Nisan. But for the kings of the nations of the world, they are counted ultimately, again, not from Nisan, but rather from Tishrei. So i a very interesting idea. Now, obviously, this is not necessarily referring to how the kings themselves count their reigns. It's talking about how we as Cloud Yisrael historically track things. So for Jewish kings, the years of the reign are reckoned by Nisan. For non-Jewish kings, the years of the reign are reckoned by Tisha. We'll say we're going to see, by the way, this tension, this fascinating tension. We're going to see when was the world created was the world created in Nisan, was the world created in Tishrei. So I'll say, I just wanna, I'll just mention this now, but we'll focus on it more later on. That tension is focused on the following idea. In Tishrei, humanity was created. In Nisan, Cloud Israel's mission and destiny became revealed. See, we only knew who we were and what we were to become when we left Nitzrayim. And HaKadosh Baruch, who says, Tavdun ala we're going to get the Torah. That's when our mission became clear. So creation, existence is very nice. But purposeless existence is absolutely meaningless. So in Tishrei, there's a creation. But purpose, destiny, meaning, really only becomes revealed in Nisan. So the Gemara is saying Jewish kings, Jewish kings, well, Gentile kings are counted from Tishrei, because Tishrei is an important hallmark for all humanity, creation of man. Jewish kings are counted from Nisan, because most we'll say the power of Nisan is the power of destiny. The power of Nisan is that we have received our mission. The power of Nisan is that now I know what my purpose on this world actually is. And that is to be an Ove Dashem ultimately, again, through connection, observance, and actualization of Torah. We'll speak more about this concept when we get into this hmm. Makhlokas. So the Gemara says, Shnei So I will say, this is a fascinating discussion that we're going to have. Shneamar. ben chachalyo. So I will say, the Gemara over here is quoting from, quoting the Pesach from Nechemia. So the Gemara here is descri- going to describe the story of Nechemia, the story of Nechemia, and his interactions with Dar Yavesh. And I will say, I want to point out something very interesting over here, which is, we're going to be focusing now on four different kings. Really only on the fourth, but I'll just give you the other three. Four kings in in succession. The first king we're going to talk about was Daryavesh Hamadi. So Daryavesh from from Madai. We're going to see because there's two Daryavishes. After Daryavesh of Madai comes Koresh HaParsi. Koresh, the Persian. Now Koresh, the Persian, was very important because Koresh was the one who gave permission to the Jews to rebuild the Beis Hamikdash? He gave them permission. That permission, however, was stalled. By who? The next king who was a man by the name of Achashverosh. Right? Achashverosh goes ahead and stalls the process of Beis Hamikdash destruction. Achashverosh has a son, Daryabesh Haparsi. So right, kings 1 and 4 are both named Daryabesh. First Dayovish was Dayovish from Madai, because remember again, there's a lot of um, conquering going on. Persia, media, ultimately, ultimately it's Greece that then comes in and then Rome. In any event, that fourth king is Dayovish Haparsi, Daryovesh the Persian, who of course is the son of Akashverosh and Esther. Now, leaving aside we're not getting into this now, there, there's a fascinating discussion in general of, well, wasn't he Jewish? Wasn't Dayovish the Persian Jewish. His mother was Esther. So we're going to see. It's interesting how he is, how he's looked at in the Gemara. But in any event, he was a good man, Dayyavesh HaParsi, because he gave the final permission to actually go ahead and finish the construction of the Beis Hamikdash. And under his under his watch, the Beis Hamikdash was completed. Remember again, going back to you a little bit. How did they pay homage to the HaParsi? Remember again, little Chazara. They had a specific tower in the base HaMikdash that was called Shushan HaBira. Shushan HaBira, right? It was called Shushan HaBira. That was the homage that they paid to Daryavesh HaParisi, naming a tower in the base HaMikdash after the Persian Median Empire. So, so now, okay, that's the historical background. So most of the conversations we're going to be talking about today are between Nechemya and Daryavesh HaParisi. So now watch this. Here we go. Shneimer, really, really, very, very beautiful and interesting Gemara. Shinemar, Tivrei Nechemya ben Chachal Ya'avi, Va'avi Kislev, Shnas Esrim. So these are the words of Nechemya ben Chachal This is the Navi Nechemya, and it took place when, during Chodesh Kislev, in the twentieth year, Uksiv, Va'avi beChodesh Nissan, Shnas Eshrim Shasta. And it was in the month of Nisan, which was also the 20th year of the king, Artak Shasta. So say, now watch this. If, if, Kislev is the 20th year of the king's reign, and Nisan is still the 20th year of the king's reign, what does that tell me? What does that, and this is the king, Artach Shasta. We don't know who Artak Shasta is. We'll find out who he is on Amadei's. If if it's still the 20th year in, in Kislev and Nisan, what does that tell you? That the Rosh Hashanah for Gentile kings is not when, is not Nisan. It must be Tishrei. So if during Ki you're still calling it the twentieth year, and Nisan, you're still calling it the twentieth year, the Lav That shows that what that Halacha Rosh Hashanah for Gentile kings is not Nisan. So the Gemara says La <Surfing outside> <breathe well out> so what's The Gimar says I don't understand. Pasuk number two speaks about the fact that it's the twentieth year of the reign of Artar but ultimately again, pasuk number one doesn't mention his name. So I had no. They're both talking about the same reign. Maybe it's referring to a different account. Amra papa shnas esrim shnas esrim that Papa says no. We have Mikal Gzir Shava of twentieth year, twentieth year. la shasta, la shasta. Just like in the second Pasik it's is talking about, in accordance with the reign of Artachshasta, Shasta, So too, in the first Pasik it is as well. So both we'll say. So interestingly enough, interestingly enough, this is our proof: the fact that Nehemia is speaking in Kislev of the 20th year of Artak Shasta, and then in Nisan, he's speaking still in the 20th year of Artach Shasta, tells us that the reign of Gentile kings is not reckoned by Nisan, but rather a Moshe Tishrei. Now, saying, now, of course, the Pasik doesn't prove that it's Tishrei, right? All the Pasik proves is that what? Is that what? Is that it's Nisan. The truth is, we're assuming there's one of two dates to count calendrical things by. It's either going to be Nissan or it's going to be Tishrei. We'll see that later on. But that's the is presupposing. Umimai, demai said the Kislev said the Nisan So first of all, the Gimara says, how do you know that the episode which occurred in Kislev preceded the episode which occurred in Nissan? Maybe Nissan came first, Kislev came second. And that's why they are reckoned part of the same year. To which the Gemara says, Lo, Divarim sheomer Hanani l'nechemia Amran. So also listen to this? Amran you No, know, because we also We know that Hanani Hanani came and told Nehemiah. We'll talk about who Hanani is in just a moment. Hanani came and told things to to Nehemiah in Kislev, and Nehemiah said those very things to the king to Artach Shasta. Who are going to see is actually Daryavesh Haparsi, Daryavesh the Persian, son of son of son of Akhersh and Esther. He told those things to the king in Nisan. So I will say, now what does this mean? Tavarim sh'amra Khanani l'enchemia be What are the things that Khanani said to Nehemiah in Kislav? Both said it's very profound. Sh'ne'emar, I both say, listen to how moving this pasak is. Shine Amar, Tivre Nikhemia ben Khachalyo, b'chodesh Kislai, Shnas esim. So both listen, so listen, so listen to this. These are the words of Nehemiah, Ben Chachalio in Kislev, in the 20th year of the reign of Artach Shasta. So Nehemiah tells us what happened, well see, listen to this, what happened in Kislev. This is Nehemiah talking. Vani ha'yisi b'shushan abira. So Nehemiah says, I was standing in Shushan Abira. So does so you have to understand, this is, this, is, this is a number of decades after the Purim story. So just to give a little bit of historical context. Right, so the Jews, the Jews are still living in the Persian Median Empire. Mm-hmm. Right, so remember again, are there Jews in Eretz Yisrael? The answer is yes. We're going to see that in just a moment. So this is Nehemiah. This is Nehemiah now talking, now talking about in Chushan. And remember again, Nehemiah is a trusted advisor. He was actually, by the way, we're going to see he was the wine steward of the king. He was Nehemiah was the wine steward of the king. So, so Nehemiah is speaking. I was in Shushan Abira. Listen to this. And Khanani, one of my brothers. So Hanani says, "I have a, I have a brother, named Hanani. and Hanani was living in Yehuda. He wrote, he was living in Eretz Yisrael, and he came to visit me in Shushan Abira. And I asked, I asked my brother, I asked my brother, how is the remnant of Jews in Eretz Yisrael doing? Right, how is the platea? So both we'll say, this is incredible by the way, the shei sa right, the remaining segment of Qal Yisrael, the, the, the majority of the Jews were not in Eretz Yisrael. There was a remaining segment in Eretz Yisrael. So Hanani comes to visit his brother. Say, such, isn't it describing such a moving scene? Hanani from Eretz Yisrael is coming to visit his brother Nehemiah in Shushan Abira. And Nehemiah, the first question is, how are the Jews of Eretz Yisrael? How are the Jews of Eretz Israel? How is the Sheirusha plate? How is Yushanaim? So we're supposed to listen to the heartbreaking words of Chanani. The plight of the Jews of Eretz Israel. The plight of the Jews of Eretz Yisrael, the remaining Jews is Ra'a Gidola. It's terrible. It's a degrading state. The walls of Jerusalem have been are breached. And its its gates were set on fire. So, we'll say, so remember again, this was this wasn't anything new. This was a result of the fact that everything remained in a state of destruction and just became more and more dekabera. You you have to think about how privileged we are to live in the times in which we live. Where although, again, things are not perfect, Moshiach's not yet here. Eretz Yisrael is not yet restored back to his former glory. But what a privilege we have to see the beginning of the Sechazena Eneinu Bishuv L'Tziom Berachamim. You think about what's happening in Eretz Yisrael. You think about the beautiful building, physical building, spiritual building, startup nation. You see all of these incredible things that are happening in Eretz Yisrael. It's Mamish footsteps of Mashiach. It's, it's unprecedented times in which we live. It's an overwhelming thing. You see what they're, the way they're describing Eretz Yisrael. Mm-hmm. So what happens? Nehemiah hears this report and he's heartbroken. <coughs> so what happens? Amran Nehemiah laMelech benisan. Neh- so I said, this is fascinating. So Nehemiah gets this report and kiss slave. But he, retells, he tells it over to the king in Nisan. Now, why the delay? Why the delay? It's not. I, again, the Navi doesn't tell us. So we'll say, but it is interesting, remember, if you are a prominent Jew in a Gentile court, and you want to advocate for the needs of your nation and your historical ancestral homeland, that requires a very delicate dance. so are will say, the, the thing that the Jew, diaspora Jew has always been accused of is dual loyalty. And if you are, if you are, if you are the wine steward of the king, I would have to imagine it's probably a very delicate dance for how you're going to advocate for your people back in Eretz so for your homeland. So I, I don't know if that's the reason why I took until Nisan, Whatever reason it takes until Nisan. Listen to this. Listen to this. So Nehemiah says, it's Nisan now, I'm coming to the king, I'm bringing the kid, king his wine. V'ekner l'melech, ve'lo ha'yi si'ra l'fana, ve'yom r'liya melech, madu'a panecha ro'yim. So we'll say, artachshasta says to Nehemiah, why so sad? Right? I'm sorry? That's Right, good. excellent. Correct. By the way, the, good. there's actually a lot, of, a lot of symmetry here between this story of the wine steward, Yosef's story with the wine steward, the Sarah Mashkim in the jail, and Yosef's story with Parazal. Again, a lot, a, lot, a lot of overlap with this. So, what happens? So, why do you look so sad? So, the Gimar says, So, do you feel okay? Do you feel okay? It's said, Zekira Maod. So ultimately, again, he says, "Are you feeling all right? Is there a problem?" Ve'ira Harbe Maod. So Nehemiah says, "I was very, first, I I was very scared. I was very scared." But finally, I summoned up the courage and I said to the king, King, you should live forever." That's number one, right? Give praise to the King. Madua lo How could I not be downtrodden? Right? How could I not be and How could I not be broken? Asher pene ha'ir base kiro savosai, harva. The city of my forefathers, of where my forefathers are buried, is in a state of destruction. Ushara ochlu and its gates have been consumed by fire. So we'll say, so Nechemya bears his soul to the king. First, he says the king should live forever. It's always a good way to start things off with the king. Right? The king should live forever. How could I not beat Zabrochem, right? How could I not be broken and downtrodden? When I hear about the plight of my people, I hear how my people are suffering and I hear how my beautiful city of Yerushalayim is in such a state of disrepair. So ultimately, again, so the king says, what do you want? What do you want? Right, what is it that you need? A very courageous ask, right? So ultimately, again, Nehemia says Nehemia says to the king, "Send me back home, send me back home to the home of my forefathers, and allow me to rebuild Jerusalem. Allow me to rebuild." So the king said to me, Vashegel Yosheves, Etzlo. Shegel, we're gonna see what that means in tomorrow's doctor. Shegel is sitting next to him. tashuv. So the king says, You can go, you can go, but tell me when are you going and when are you returning? When are you going? So we'll say, by the way, dramatic. Absolutely dramatic. One of the king's closest advisors, one of the king's most closely trusted servants, and he says, I need to go back to Yushalayim to rebuild my city, to rebuild my people. King says, "Okay, when are you going and when are you coming back?" So the Gemara says, Ultimately, again, So ultimately, again, he says, he says that he says that. you'll know. He, he says that he says that the king says, "Fine, gives gives him a time, comes back." Master so again. Well, what's the point of this entire story? So right. remember again, this entire, all of this really was just the dramatic buildup that ultimately, again, there is a connection that, that, that the news that Nehemiah got in Kislev of year 20 was the same news that he gave over to Arta Shasta in Nisan of year 20, and yet what? They're both considered year 20. So the point of this is that obviously the Rosh Hashanah for Malachi, for Gentile kings is not going to be Nissan. So the Gemara goes weiter. The Gemara says, So Rav Yosef." So the Rav Yosef raises a and He says, "Biyom esrim lidar So we'll one Pasik says, "Biyom esrim arba. It was on the twenty fourth day. Of the sixth month, which is Elol, right in Bishnas in the second year of Daryavash, and we will say. Then it says in the seventh month, in the seventh month, which is Tishrei, Ve'im Esau, and if you're correct, that ultimately again for Gentile kings we count from Tishrei, then it should have said, Bishnas then the Pesach should reflect, reflect that already Tishrei is year number three. So we'll say, this is incredible. So the Gemara, the Gemara explains, you're right. As much as we say that for Gentile kings, we count as of, as of Tishrei, not Nisan, there is an exception the exceptions apparently exceptionally righteous gentile kings are counted like jewish kings and are counted from nisan Then I said this goes back to what i said to you before that in, this is interesting because the Koresh we're referring to right so Koresh, fine so the gemara says, now this is just so just this is the Koresh who's the king before Verosh who gave the initial permission to rebuild the base Hamikdash? So because he's a kasher, because he was reckoned as someone who was pious, therefore again, his reign was counted as of Tishrei, as of Nisan, excuse me. So the So first of all, number one, if you're going ahead and this is correct, we have a problem because the psukim contradict each other. The quotes over here the pasek the pasek from the pasek from Ezra the, which literally means that this building, referring to the base Hamsh was completed was completed, ayyom tulasa liyerech adar, that was ultimately created, was finished, right? The the building of the base of Mikdash, under under Daryabesh, was completed in the month of Adar, tihishnas shis lemalchus Daryabesh that was the sixth year of the reign of Daryabesh. Vitanya, we learned, ba'osa zman l'shona haba, ezra mi bavel v'ga'luso imo, and we learned that in that ba'osa zman, in that same time, in the following year. Nebo said the following year we're going to see actually means two years later, not one year later. Ezra goes up with the remnant of Cloud Yisrael. Uksiv, Yerushalayim, Ezra comes to Yerushalayim, B'chodesh in the fifth month, which is the month of Av, Shnas the seventh year of the king. But in fact, if you're correct, it shouldn't be the seventh year of the king, it should actually be the eighth year of the king. Vim Shnas shminis mi furthermore, Again, also, we also seem to be interchanging names over here. Me dummy, Hossam, Koresh, Halkar, Daryavesh. Aren't we referring to two different kings? One Pasek is referring to Koresh, one Pasik is referring to Daryavesh, to which the Gemara says, you're right. Tana, Hu Koresh, Hu Daryavesh, Hu The Gemara says something amazing. That Koresh, Daryavesh, and ar Shasta are all the same person. Now, I both say, now I want to be clear it is clear that there are, there are different kings. There are different kings. What the Gemara seems to be referring to is Daryavesh ha-Parsi, Daryavesh the Persian, who was the son of Ahashverosh, was sometimes referred to as Daryavesh, sometimes referred to as Koresh, and sometimes referred to as Artach Shasta. So say, Koresh Shemalach Kasher Haya, right, ultimately, again, Koresh, he was a good guy, he was a good man. Artak Shasta Alsheim Malchuso, Old says he was called Koresh because he was a Kasher. What does that mean? will says Koresh and Kasher are the same letters, right? So the name Koresh is actually not his name. The name Koresh is a descriptive term. We called him Koresh, why? Because he's a Kasher, because he's a Kasher, right? His name, Artachshasta, was actually another name for his monarchy. Umashmo, what was his actual name? Daryabesh. says so once again, we're referring to kingdom number four out of the four kings that I mentioned. Daryovesh Haparsi, the son of Achashverosh. So again, his name was Daryovesh. He was called Koresh. Why? Because he was a kasher, and the name of his monarchy ultimately again was Artach Shasta. Mikro Mokom Kasha, but still we have a contradiction in the Psukim. Amrab Yitzchok, Lokasha. Khan Kodem Shehechmitz, Khan Laachashchmitz. So wow. But will say, listen to this, listen to this. Apparently, apparently, Daryavesh, at a certain point in time, became chametz, Which means, what I'll we'll say, he was a good man in the beginning, but then unfortunately suffers certain spiritual setbacks as time goes on. Ma'as <laughs> kiflar rafkano Umi Hechmetz. Avkahanov says, but really? Did he become chametz? So therefore I'll say, what's happening over here is as follows. So you, you really begin to see a very dramatic progression unfolding over here. So first of all, it gets a little bit confusing because now we have one king, the final king, who has the name as previous kings as well. But the Gemara seems to indicate that. And, but again, there, I just point out, by the way, if Koresh is a descriptive name, that he's a kosher, why not call him What? Kasher, right? Why I call him Kasher? So first of all, because it may not be respectful for Jews to refer to the Gentile monarch as Kasher, and also now that we know about what ultimately happened with him, that there was a certain point in time where he became Khamitz, perhaps referring to him as a Kasher is not appropriate as well. So I I say, so the Gemara says. Look, so the Gemara says, Umi Hikmetz. Is that true? Did Daryavesh? Did Daryavesh? Did, dar yavesh, did dar, So Rashi points out over here, hechmetz, Look at Rashi, Hichmetz, we're going to see I will say, that by the time Ezra led up the contingent of Jews to Eretz Yisrael he had already become Hametz he had already soured and ultimately reverted to negative Israel so we'll stop over here we'll pick up Amir Hashem tomorrow with a discussion about the change in in Daryavesh also known as Koresh also known as Atar Shachs